0: As I said, for those of you that came in a little bit later, uh, Pastor Sigusisu Koza is the senior pastor, lead pastor of His Grace Tabernacle, which is located in the Eastern Cape in Queenstown, now known as Kumani. He is a, a shaker and a mover in that area and in the whole of Eastern Cape, but God is using him further afield as well. He often ministers in some African countries, in Nigeria especially. And I believe that there is an excellent spirit upon this man, a real sensitivity to the things of the Lord. And he, from the moment I met him, I noticed how the Lord uses him with insights into what is happening in the natural realm. There's insights in the spiritual realm, which is behind this And so I believe we're in for a good time. Can we welcome Pastor Koza with a big welcome as he comes to minister? ministry. God bless you, my brother.
1: Well, hallelujah. Oh man, are you happy to be alive? What a joy to be here this morning. You have a great home. I want you to know that um, Sometimes we get used to what we have, you know, uh, after a while, you know you know your pastors, you know everybody around it kind of feel, but this is no ordinary house. The glory of the Lord is here. such a privilege, such a privilege. And um, uh, won't you please look at your neighbor and say, he will be demanding a lot of smiles from you this morning um, Amen. So no one should look like they've been sucking lemons all night long. You, you, you are you're welcome to smile. I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart. got born again at an early age. I am born again. I need to say that. I received Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I'm not just a professional preacher. He loved me. He received me. He made me his own. Forever grateful to the Lord for the privilege. To love and say Pastor John, Sister Mandry, I love you and God for you. Thank you for receiving us into your space. It's an honor. You know, for those of you who might not know this, uh, Papa Ed has been a great blessing to us. Um, I remember the days when I used to have television. That was a long time ago. That doesn't make me too holy, right? I hardly have time for television. I don't have but I remember the days when I would listen to him minister over the years. He was really a pastor over pastors. He has been a great blessing. Um, I still remember his meetings when he would just speak on the glory. There's one particular meeting interesting. It was a leader's meeting. And he was talking about, you know, he would just come from holiday. And he was thinking about how long it's going to be before he retires. And... Uh, uh, But uh, he finished off with just talking about the glory of the Lord. That was his message always. I remember the moments of worship. I was just thinking this week, one of the songs that has blessed my heart that I used to have and hear from that fellowship is, Lord of
2: mercy, you have heard my cry.
1: Through the storm near the beach. My song in the night. How many of you remember that? In the shelter of your wings, hear my heart's
2: reply, singing what a faithful God has. Lord of mercy, you've heard my cry. Through the storm, you're the beast. My song in the night, in the shelter of your wings, hear my heart remain, singing what a faithful God have, Lord, I come before your throne of grace, I find rest in your presence of joy, in worship and wonder
1: In our lives.
2: so we pour out a praise, we pour out our praise, it's your brand, in our last, so we pour out a praise to It's your breath, oh yeah, in our so so we pour out a praise. We pour
1: worship Jesus forever. Yes we will. Yes we will yes we will yes we will I'm sure those of you are past 50 like I am enjoy these beautiful old ones a great
2: is my faithfulness oh God (laughs) let <laughs>
1: As we see the seasons go, we remember summer and winter
2: and springtime and harvest.
1: its nations will just love our King. Amen. You belong to a great church. Have I said that? Yes, I have. Oh, that last song, on, you will forever be holy. That was the moment for me. Really enjoyed that. So, so grateful, so grateful. Let's share together the Word of God. Our key text this morning will be Daniel chapter 8, if we could start from 23, please. Daniel chapter 8, we'll start reading from verse 23 to 25. I will read here. Daniel chapter 8, I'll start reading from verse 23, and when we get to 25, and then you can read with me. In the latter part of the reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, a fierce-looking king, a master of intrigue will arise. He will become very strong, but not by his power. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people, and will cause deceit to prosper. And he will consider himself superior. When they feel secure, he will destroy many and take his stand against the prince of princes yet he will be destroyed and that not by human hands father i thank you for the reading of your word thank you for touching my lips and my mind and my heart but every ear that is here be unable to hear and understand help me Holy spirit to flow save deliver heal help bless your church i pray in jesus name and again everyone say aloud amen what is the hope of the church of God? What is the hope of the people of God in a time when it seems like darkness is growing stronger and stronger? And it seems sometimes that even though we try to stand up what is right, darkness, thick darkness, seems to be covering and engulfing the world. We are a people of victory. We are a triumphant people But it seems as we look into the earth today that it seems really that darkness has the greater part in the upper hand for some reason. Now you will remember that uh, God has promises. The promises of God are important in that they help us through the dark times. God does everything through a promise. Psalms 119 verse 5 says my comfort in my suffering is this your promise preserves my life joshua had this testimony about the promises of god he says to israel just before he dies you will remember that not one of the good words of the lord fell to the ground every one of them were fulfilled you remember peter says god has given us his exceedingly great and precious promises Through which we are partakers of the divine nature. When you cling to the promises of God, read them, meditate on them, think them, speak them, declare them. The nature of God becomes real in your life. He is peace. Peace comes upon you. He is joy. Joy fills your life. He is love. The love of God shines through you because you're walking in the promises of God. Is there an amen in the house? Praise God. Now the promises of God are important and we ought to treat them as such. So many people are standing on the premises of God, but not on the promises of God. It's critical that we should know the promises, read them, meditate on them, memorize them, sing them and be a blessing to us. That may remember that they are part of what is going to carry us through. Because in the passage where we read, it's a dark passage. There's only one thing that encourages us in that passage is that at the end of it, there's a promise. This dark ruler will be broken, and that not by human hands. Otherwise, everything else looks bleak and dark. You will remember that the earth we live in was given to men. The Bible says that the highest heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth He has given to men. God created the heavens and the earth, but He gave the earth to men. Men to rule it on his behalf. There is God who is spirit, there is man who has the body of flesh, and there is the devil who is a spirit. God is spirit. But to be legal on earth by God's own terms, you must have a physical body. Sacrifices you did not desire, but a body you have prepared me. For God to be legal by his own terms on earth, he has to have a body. So he would always find people and use them on earth. And when it was time for God to save, to bring salvation to mankind, He being God, for there was no other that could do the work of salvation. God became flesh. The Word became flesh. He lived on earth. That is how God is legal on earth. He will not alter the thing that has come out of his lips. On earth to be alive. So you must treasure your body actually. Because your body gives you permission to be on earth. Without that body, you're not allowed here. Without a body, you are a ghost, and ghosts are not permitted in this part of the world. Your body never confuses your physical body with the flesh. Flesh and body are not the same thing. Flesh is a spirit of carnality that works through the person that is not submitted to Jesus. But your body is precious to you and to God. Know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. He will feed you. He will guide you. He will protect you. He will provide for you. He will clothe you. He will heal you. Because your body is important. That's why as I'm speaking right here, somebody will be healed in the name of Jesus. Because your body is important to God. Your body gives you permission to serve and work here on earth. That's why it's important to call on to the promises. You must not die before your time. Look at your neighbor and say, don't die now, don't die. Uh, some of you are not finding a neighbor to talk to. Find them. Talk to your neighbor say, neighbor, get used to it for the next few minutes. He'll keep coming back to you. Don't you die on us. How many of you know that living and dying are a choice? You don't just die anytime, don't do that. You must leave because he said, I will give you a full lifespan. It's a promise of God. And the family says, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. (laughs) Moses, oh yes, Moses puts it this way. Life and death, blessing and kissing, have been served before you so Shoot. Ah, I know I'm in the right place uh, so life is a choice the apostle Paul says I, I want to be gone I know heaven is much better and, and to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord he says, I don't know what to choose whether to go or to stay he says, mm, because you still need some teaching I'll stay it's a choice to stay Now look at your neighbor and say, don't you say that, well, we don't know, well, we don't know what day it will be, when we will go, go." no, no, no. You will all talk to me, somebody. I had my grandfather who loved the Lord and served the Lord for all his life. When my first son was born, he then brought the family together, said, I've seen the fourth generation, I've done my part, now I'm going to be with the Lord. Three weeks later, he was gone. Went for service, baptized people, went in the evening, slept and went to be with the Lord. You don't just look at your neighbor and say, don't just die willy-nilly now. <laughs> but it's based on the promises of God. Stand on the promises. Somebody shout, praise the Lord. Those promises carry us through turbulent times. As individuals, as families, as regions and as nations. And I'll repeat Psalms 119 again, my comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. So God created the earth and there was a fallen cherub who who took a third of the angelic beings from heaven. God has the right to work on earth, but he won't interfere, he's given authority to men. He will intervene, that's why we call upon him. Prayer is giving permission to God to do something. God, you know, Prayer is not begging God to do something he doesn't want to do. Prayer is allowing God to do something he's already decided to do. Isaiah 30 verse 18, I think it is. Blessed my heart forever. It says, for the Lord longs to be gracious to you. He rises to show compassion on you. God has already been waiting for an opportunity. The eyes of the Lord range throughout all the earth to find those whose hearts are fully committed to him. And to show himself strong on their behalf. Once you understand that prayer is a blessing. Because I'm not coming wondering, oh God, maybe if I pray hard enough, finally, you might just do this. You come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace in your time of need. Well, someone shout aloud, amen. Amen. Back to this text, Daniel 8 and from 23, talks about the times in which we live. It says, in the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, there is a ruler. He comes in first as a system that affects governments and peoples and institutions. And this ruler is already active on earth. His anti-justice, anti-righteousness, anti-beauty, anti-God, anti-the anointed one, his antichrist. The scripture says, Children, you've heard that the antichrist is coming. He is already, the scripture says, He's already at work even in our day. But this antichrist spirit will go to a point where he becomes a human being. There will be a body embodied by or embodying the spirit of the antichrist. It is in the last days. And so the setting of his revealing is shown here. It says he will come when the rebels have become completely rebellious. When they've become completely wicked. Well, to rebel means to stand against authority. It means a defiance, a non-conformity. An act of open resistance to an established authority and government. God should reign on earth as it is in heaven, so let it be on earth. But there is a system on earth that is rebellious against the word of God. And so this is open rebellion. It says, when the wicked have become completely wicked. So there's a rebellion, there's a rebellion against an authority, against the word of God. What is that rebellion? The greatest rebellion of our time is about Genesis, Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-seven and twenty-eight, two verses of scripture that are hated the most in our world. Two verses of scripture that governments, institutions of higher learning, and 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 businesses and institutions spend billions of dollars and rands just to negate two verses of scripture. If you thought scripture was powerful. Two verses that give sleepless nights to governments, institutions and lots of people. What does Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 and 28 say? So God created men in his own image in his image, in the image of God he created him male and female. He created them then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves in the earth. Those two verses are the most hated in our lifetime. Give an example. Let's go back to it. Genesis 1:27. So God created men. No, no. God didn't create men. No, nope. There was a bang. Big bang. And everybody was there. That's the great rebellion. And they write curriculums. Billions of rents are spent. And they give that as for your children to learn. From kindergarten right up to university. Bang. So God created man his own image. No, not image. Not his own image. No, not his own image. You are from a baboon. So I saw the president the other day go to cradle of mankind and kissing his ancestor, the bone of a baboon. (laughs) So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created him male and female. No, 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 not male and female. No, no, not male and female. If you want to be a male, you can be a male. If you want to be a female, you can be a female. You wake up in the morning, you can be a male, and then an a female in the, you can be somewhere in between. They say, No, you know, there are many genders. Have you heard that story? As there are there are ninety-five there were fifty the other day, and there's now ninety-five genders. And God said male and female created he them. Universities are old. Thousands of dollars today by students who did not pay for their tuition. They were doing gender studies. <laughs> Could you figure out male, female? It is a rebellion of our time. God bless them. No, 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 no blessing. You don't need a blessing. You don't need this man come and say now I pronounce you husband and what. No, you don't need that. You can just fight, sit, cohabit, find someone you like, and just stay over there. There's a rebellion against the blessing. But the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no sorrow. There's something about the blessing over a marriage. They don't want that. There's a rebellion against them. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful. And no, 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 no. You can't be fruitful. One is enough. Two is enough. There are too many people in the world. Is that so? Oh, really? Population explosion, let's control this thing. The world calls children burdens. Don't have more than you can afford. They are a burden. And the Bible says children are a blessing from the Lord. Whose report will you believe? If they are a burden, you don't want to have more. Who wants to have more burdens? But if they are a blessing, then you have a choice. And by the way, it has been proven over and over, when families had more children, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, (laughs) (laughs) they were able to take them through university and college. When they cut down to two, they're struggling, because it's never been about resources, it's about selfishness, they're looking inward, and that's what, I think I African community, I overheard that they've decided that they're gonna have more children right now. I, I heard that. I, heard. I think I like that. Be fruitful and multiply. Only 10% of Earth's space is with people and somebody's telling us there are too many people in the world. It's a deception. It is the mode of operation. It is this wicked spirit That is rebelling. And so the setting of the spirit. He's coming. It's when the rebels have become completely wicked. A fierce looking king will arise. A master of intrigue. He's a master of intrigue. So people are fascinated with this guy. And while they're fascinated in him, uh, he becomes strong. The Bible says, but not by his own power. So you're fighting an influence that's touching institutions, governments, and society, and it is not just natural power. People have become, rep- you remember when God created man and, and they fell into sin, did he come and slaughter and, animal and make them clothes? Do you remember something like that? Oh, some of you are wondering, did God make clothes for them? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But have you noticed that in these rebellious days, people don't want to dress up anymore? <laughs> I, I, was, I, was, I was walking in a, a beach somewhere in Brisbane with my wife, and she said, don't look, don't look, I, I didn't look. So I, I, I didn't see, she said, did you see that? How could I see, I didn't look. They were stuck naked on the beach. How many of you remember the days when the underwear was like this? Then it went like that. Then it went like that. Then it went like that. Then it evaporated. It's a rebellion. I've heard that the the smallest string, you know that string on the violin, it's called a G string. That's for your imagination. You'll get it later some of you. How do you put that stream on your body and be comfortable? It's the spirit of rebellion. Oh, somebody come alive now. (laughs) He will become very strong, but not by his power. He will cause astounding devastation. He will succeed in whatever he I don't like that. But he's going by some strange power. There's a reason why this is happening. It's not because God is saying, I can't do anything about, you know, the Antichrist. So I just have to let you know what he's going to do. So, you know, he's going to do all this. No, no, no. There's a bigger reason. God ultimately is in control of everything here. Number two, when Adam sinned and ceded authority to the devil, he lost even the time That was given by the Lord for the filling of the earth. When God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, dominate it. When he said, fill it, he had already put a timeline to it. So that we know that the earth was going to be filled. The pectin was already put by God. Six days he created the heavens and the earth. On the seventh day he rested. So we know that it was going to take seven, six days for the earth to be filled. And on the seventh day, there would be the rest. A thousand days is like a day. A thousand years is like a day, and a day like a thousand years before the Lord. We're in about 6,000 years of known recorded human history. And, 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 and another uh, day, se- uh, one thousand years with the lion and the lamb. We'll be having a good time together. We're about to get there. So we know. That at this time, at the end of this sixth day we're supposed to fill the earth. And so when Adam ceded power to the devil, it was a horrible time because he lost time, he lost everything that was created, was put under Adam. Do you know that? That's serious. It's very serious. Adam was created being king. What is man that you're mindful of him? The son of man that you should visit him. You crowned him. It made him a little lower than angels. Elohim, not angels. Elohim. You crowned him with glory and honor. Adam came with a crown. He was a king. And God put everything under his feet. That passage is repeated in the book of Hebrews. It says all that was created. God left nothing that was created. That was not put under man. That's serious. The sun was created, the moon was created, the stars were created, everything that was created, God put it under Adam. So by losing that, we lost creation, but creation also has thrones and authorities. The book of Colossians tells us that God had created thrones visible and invisible. He created all things by himself and for himself. But he lost those things, that's why the Bible says Christ came to reconcile all things, not just people, all things to himself. So we know some of the thrones that were lost, the sun is more than just a ball of fire. The sun is a throne. For in Genesis chapter 1 we are told that God created the greater light to govern the day. And the lesser one to govern the night. A governor has a say over their jurisdiction. The sun has power to move people up. That is why when it fell into the realm of the devil, it had the power to head and stand against the plan of God. That is why when Israel went out of Egypt, God covered them with a glove. And we find the reason in the book of Psalms. For the sun shall not smite thee by day, nor the moon by night. They could smite them. People can use the sun against you, the moon against you, the thunder against you. I have known this. There have been times when we have had to stand. We're in a tent. I got a size of a one, seventy by 25. It was a huge tent. And, and one day I'm all by myself in this tent and I saw one cloud coming. And I could see this one was that dark one. This one was coming for these tents. <laughs> and I said, you turn. I've had that story from... Uh, Evangelist that's it's possible to. I said, you ugly thing, turn. And there were no clouds anywhere else, but this one was coming for our tent. I said, you turn. I said, turn in the name of Jesus. That thing kept coming closer to the tent, and it was going to rip it in pieces. We've had, we had suffered that before, so I knew exactly what it was all about. And by the time it came, I said, I said to you, turn. And right before my eyes, that cloud turned as it was coming close to the tent and moved away. (laughs) Apparently, it was sent because about 20 minutes later, my phone had an SMS. Say, Pastor, how did you survive (laughs) that one? Somebody had said, people can use elements of nature against you. Where was I? <laughs> he shall cause astounding devastation and succeed whatever he does. He will destroy those who are mighty, the holy people. I said, so I don't like that part because it's got to do with Israel. How many of you pray for the peace of Israel right now? Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. He will destroy those who are mighty. He will cause deceit to prosper. That's how you see his modus operandi. He causes devastation and there's deceit. People just get deceived. People have an appetite for the wrong thing. They believe the wrong thing very easily. We saw it around COVID governments lying to their people. And houses of media, media houses lying to us. I saw a clip that was very interesting. These media houses, all of them were claiming to be independent. And then somebody put them together and they were all reading from the same script. (laughs) Including the part where they said they were independent weird. He will cause deceit to prosper. One version says, he will cause by his, by his uh, policies, he will cause trickery to succeed. He will consider himself superior. I wish I had the time for this one. There's this with this ruler. He makes, you know, you all are lower, we know what you need you need a job. you can't use herbs, you, you, we know what is right for you and uh, uh, we, are, we are secular humanists. Secular humanitarianism is a religion. It is the high thing that absolves itself against the knowledge of God. Uh, we, we are human, humane, we don't need God, we are good and secular means without God, so we are, we are without God and we are humane, that is why we are so powerful, we can order uh, through humanitarian uh, power to stop war for a while and get uh, aid coming on humanitarian grounds. We, who needs God? It's the high thing. It's exalts himself against the word of God. He causes deceit to prosper. He will consider himself superior. When they feel secure, these people are intrigued. And they're secure in the one who's devastating them. That's a sad one. How many people are very comfortable with institutions and government and they will believe the government more than they believe the word of God. I have a word to tell the church of God. They want to have another lockdown. We don't know how long that will be. But the voice of your shepherd from the word of God is more important than the announcer from government. Hear the voice of the servants of the Lord. Because he's going by a different power and people are intrigued. And he's causing devastation, but they are, they are listening and they're feeling secure in the deceit. That's why the Bible says when they say, peace, peace, then destruction shall come upon them. It says, when they feel secure, he will destroy many and take his stand against the prince of peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. How does he take a stand against the prince of peace? He's in heaven, we are on earth. He is the head. We are his body. He wants to stand against us, against Jesus. We are his body. When the lockdown was declared, 2020, I'll never forget, December, uh, the state president said, no, no, I'm, not, I'm not recording this, I'm, I'm saying this loud and clear, no problem. He said, uh, everybody's locked down December 2nd. It, uh, it was the second wave. Everybody's locked down. And then a while after that, casinos, museums, what was that? Four of the other institutions could have 50 people. And the church was screaming, at least treat us like other sinners. <laughs> Allow us 50 people to come to church. And he, in those family meetings, came up and said, church will not be allowed. I said, is that so? Okay, I marked that. Two weeks later, it was just before, just after Christmas, he's on the 31st. You switch off everything, it's dark, light up a candle, and at the time, you must remember the dead. I said, is that so? I said, if I read the Bible well, I do not claim to be a prophet, but if I read the Bible well, if you close the altar of life and open the altar to the dead, Isaiah says, your people will be angry. They will curse their bodies and cast their politician. So from December 2020 to February 24, I stood up to say, if I have read the Bible correctly and if I, have, I be a man of God, 2021 will not pass without riots against the president. We were doing live all the time. July 2021 was not a mistake. It was simple, Bible. The Bible says the we care The weak can stumble, but they don't know what causes them to stumble. He will stand against the Prince of Peace. peace. The last thing is, yet, this ruler, yet, he will be destroyed. That's the promise. That's the promise. That's the promise. promise. Yet, he will be destroyed. And guess what? Not by human hands. He was strong not by his own power, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of wickedness in high places, but greater is he who is in us than he that is in the world. More are those on our side than those who are against us. So church, while everything goes from bed to worse. Everything gets darker. Remember, this ruler that's causing devastation and deceit, he will be broken, and that not by human hands. There is a hand that breaks the power of darkness. It is the nail-starred hand of Jesus. He was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for iniquities. The punishment that brings us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed is a blessing hand that hand is a healing hand that hand is an uplifting hand as God arises his enemies shall be scattered but i have come to say though darkness cover the earth he shall be broken oh he shall be broken
2: yes he shall be broken oh hallelujah